0: We're live. Sweet. All right. Episode 2 of the 725 podcast. We got a very 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 special guest. You know, Shigi mugaza aka Papa Cowboy aka my dad. It's
1: good to have you on the show. All yeah. right. I'm doing good, man. My pleasure. I mean, uh I don't know what's coming, but uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. Direct from Texas. Dallas, Texas. Big D yeah the big deep man
0: there you go and hey, we made it to the end of uh december Uh end of the year 2020 it's been a crazy year how have you been
1: holding up this yeah whole year? yeah i mean it has been i mean one of those you know rocky you know with all this corona or whatever and all those other kinds but i mean we Have made it so it's already December. We are counting down, All right? Waiting for 2021.
0: What 21, 21 holds, it's interesting. Yeah, see what the world is going to look like with vaccines and,
1: and yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe you know, with the vaccine that is out there, and I mean. In twenty twenty one, I'm 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 thinking I'm and I'm I'm very optimistic we might you know start turning the curve. You know. You hear about I the new strains not-
0: though that start in England?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard I heard that uh, the 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 new strain and I'm hoping that 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 will end right over there, in here. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> keep it over there. Like, let's keep it. Yeah, concerned. right. Man. So we don't have to be dealing with it over here, man. I mean, we are tired of these. You know, I mean, because everything is down, man. Business is down. People are confined yeah. in the houses, and you know, there's a lot of stress and depression and whatever. Some some unknowns there. You know, people are dealing with a lot of stuff, man, around. So. We we are just we just want to go back to a new normal, like they're saying, new normal. Right.
0: So, yeah. Definitely. But through this year, you you feel like you've taken away any um, like self reflective time. Like you feel like you've you've gotten a different sense of self through just being able to slow down. If you even had the ability to slow down this year.
1: Yeah, I mean. Definitely. I mean, this year has been a year where you know I have really been. I'm. I'm always. I'm. I, I really. I'm a person who really. I mean, loves to have my own special time, quiet time where I, I reflect a lot, if I can right. say. But I think this year has really taught me a lesson that you know. In as much as us as human beings want to be in control, we are we are definitely we are definitely not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID has taught us that we are we are not mm-hmm. you know in control as we I mean is normally we, we we call ourselves you know like I got this, you know, I'm in control, I'm in charge. But I think for me, my biggest lesson is. I mean, there are natural events or whatever, supernatural events out there that, you know, really sometimes tell us that we are definitely not in control. Let's
0: just take it all the way back to, to where do you come from? Like your child and what, what's kind of made you who you are in terms of, you know, always being reflective in nature. Like, well,
1: where do you come from? All right. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a, That's a broad question. I mean, uh, basically, I mean, I mean, for the other people who are going to be listening to this recording, I mean, obviously I have an accent. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one thing people, you know I mean? When here, over here in America, I mean, like, you know, the first thing when you're talking to someone, the first thing they do, you're like, Oh man, where are you from? You know? So, yeah just because of your accent, I mean, and I understand that. Uh, maybe to just go step by step. I was born and raised in Africa, uh, specifically Zimbabwe, hmm. uh, Southern Africa, uh, the country that is right close to the southern tip of Africa, close to South Africa. We border South Africa and Mozambique and Zambia and um, Botswana. So right there in Africa, born and raised over there in Africa. Um, we, uh, we are in a family of 12 kids. Mm-hmm. One is late, one is late, and um, we are 11 surviving right now. Mm-hmm. Most of them, I mean, all of us, we are all grown with our own families out there. So I was born and raised in Africa, Zimbabwe. That's where I went to school. Went to public schools. I mean, in my early years, and when I was in high school, I went to a uh, boarding school. All my uh, high school years, I did boarding school.
0: Um, in Zimbabwe, were you were you in more rural, rural Zimbabwe, or were you more city? I was
1: actually, deep in the country. Yeah, I, I I grew up in the countryside. I never was raised in town or in the cities. Grew up in the rural areas. By I mean, deep in the raw areas. Uh, but I mean, for the sake of the recording, uh, we were not living with lions and elephants. Like, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were not actually. We never slept in trees. Yeah. No. Uh, I never saw a lion in my childhood years growing up. Even if, uh, even though I grew up in the country. Never saw a lion with my eyes, and the, the first time I saw a lion, I was all grown, and it was in a in a park, in a national park. Yes, I grew up in the country, and you know, together with my siblings, and not very rich. I mean, we were poor family. I mean, we never re- realized we were poor. I mean, way you know, looking at it now, that's when I was saying, oh, we were not. You know we were not rich we we're poor but i mean when we were growing up it's not something that we we what we recognize or we spoke yeah. about in our family to say oh we are poor we don't have this now
0: yeah it seems like a common thread amongst you know people who come from you know more lower income families like they never really never really realize it until
1: like it's pointed
0: out you get older like it's-
1: yeah exactly yeah I mean, and um, to tell you the truth, we were a happy family. I mean, we used to laugh. We laugh a lot when we we meet me and my siblings. I mean, the thing that marks or that is dominant in our conversation is a lot of we laugh a lot. So that's grew up in that family. I mean, we never had enough. I think uh, in my, uh, we call them primary school over here, call them elementary, me and whatever, elementary and the other from grade, first grade to the seventh grade. So that's the first part of the learning process. We used to walk, I would say, I would say a good three, four miles to school. Wow. Yes. To, to and from or? To no, the... just one, one way. Whew. Yes, one way. So we would wake up maybe around five, six o'clock just get ready to go to school. Then we'd start walking to school and maybe six and the, the starting school would be my, maybe around, you know, eight o'clock. So we'd walk. Wow. We'd walk to so school. So you're saying it
0: would take you two hours to walk to school?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, I would definitely, but you know, we were kids, we were strong. Sometimes we'd run to school. So, <laughs> you know, we were just energetic and we were really, you know, we loved school. I mean, for me, there was not even a day that I never wanted to go to school. I loved to go to school, you know. So sometimes, you know, with no shoes on, you know, just bare feet, we got to, and I mean, we never really, to tell you that truth, for me, never really thought about it, you know, to say, oh, I don't have any shoes and I felt any shame because most of the kids were like me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they didn't have any shoes, I didn't have any shoes. And what was important for us is to go to school, you know. So we just go to school with our books and pens, you know. And after school, walk back home every day, Monday to Friday. And I mean, that was our life. That was my life, you know, growing up. And sometimes my dad would buy me some tennis shoes, but I would never use them because my friend, they never had any shoes. Yeah. So, I mean, I never had, I saw any need to put on tennis shoes whilst my friends, I had a best friend that I really loved and we played with, he's still there in Zimbabwe. my, my, my good friend. I, so I never bothered to use my, my shoes because I mean, my friend didn't have any shoes for, so. yeah, that's real yeah so I just went to school like that and i was i was a happy child personally I was just happy you know going to school made me so happy for me i mean i and I thank God for it I really thank god was was it so hard school now i I never really struggled in school and i and I'm thankful to the Lord for that i am really thankful I don't mm-hmm. remember Absolutely. any
0: were you more of an intellectual
1: when you're... No, no, not at all. I think I was an average student. Okay. I was very average, uh, but I played with... My friends were, yeah, were the real deal. Yeah. They, they were just smart, smart young men. And so I think the thing that really helped me growing up was just... I just had a desire. I was very competitive, you know? I had a very competitive spirit, you know. To say, if someone was excelling, I would really wanted to excel the way they excelled or even more. So, as an average student, it caused me to study hard, put more effort. But I wouldn't say I had natural intelligence. No, hmm. not. So, you know, just in brief, that's uh, my education. Like I said, uh, high school. I went to. Uh, boarding school, and that was an advantage for me. I don't think I would have made it if I didn't go to boarding, because there were actual other schools where you'd opt for not, you know, going for boarding school. Mm. Uh, What would you call them day schools, where, you know, you are in high school, but, you know, you go back home every day, but I don't think I was going to make it. What do you mean? Uh, Because in boarding school, there was that regiment, you know, we had after die after dining in the evening, we'd go for studies. It, it was structured. Mm. You know, we would live at the boarding school and all you do is to go to class and to read your books. That's that's typically was the routine. If you are not doing sports or anything. So it's really, it really was an advantage for me because, you know. There was no distractions, and at home, we didn't have electricity, mm. by the way. There was no electricity at home. We cooked by a fire, by the oh. firewood. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so when you talk about reading in the evenings, there was no, I mean, we had those lantern lights. I mean, if you show, use that, you see the movies where those lights, they put in the camps.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that's, those are the ones we used. So, I mean, they were so poor, like, very poor. So in boarding schools, we had everything, you know. We had the electricity, I had my own bed, I had my own locker, everything, I mean, it was provided. So it really was an advantage uh, on my part because it really just helped me to, you know, focus on my uh, studies.
0: What gave Um, you that that energy to... Because by the sound of it, it sounds like you really valued learning in, in your education. Like, what what was it in you that made you really make that decision? Like, man, I need to be here to learn.
1: You know, uh, because I think the, 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 to t- if, if I say it just came on myself, I would be lying because I was young. I mean, I was just as foolish as a young person. I mean, can be foolish sometimes, you know. But I think what they did in boarding schools they really hammered, you know, the import. Like the school that I went to, you know, the the, the last school I went in my, it was a boys' high. Mm. It was a boarding school just for boys. And, I mean, it was one of the highest, the cream of the cream in the country. I mean, it produced very, uh, what do you call it, very good results. Mm. So the headmaster or the principal of that school because he wanted to maintain the name of the school. Nice. So it was something that was really, really hammered in the students. They would only hire you know, bright, bright, bright students on that campus. So you are already talking of students who are already motivated to learn. Hmm. Plus a little bit of the fuel from the principal. I mean, it was just, and we used to, be, to compete with other schools You know for higher grades and stuff like that so for me that's why i say it was an advantage because i was already i i was very competitive in my pursuit of education because i knew i was from the countryside didn't come from the high you know rich family so somehow you know i just thought you know i can compete with these kids who are coming from you know from the cities and they had everything so i was like no we have the same teachers same materials same books same everything so i was like i can i, can, I cannot let these kids you know ride over me i mean i can <laughs> so <laughs> it was it went on my advantage you know instead of you know just feeling inferior and stuff like that i competed with them on the academic side and i think it helped me that way you know just excel and i think when it comes to the issue of you know just i don't know because i think because of the environment where i grow i grew up in a very peaceful environment in terms of the outside you know because where our house uh we didn't have one house (laughs) if we grow up we had little houses. We had one little house for boys, one little house for girls, one little house for the parents. Are we talking so about full blown like, houses, or are we talking about like what do they look like? Yeah, almost like. What can I, I want to use a simple language? almost like a little compound. You know what a compound looks like when they talk about compounds. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the the houses that I grew up in, it was like a little mud house with with the little grass stitching, So like a hut? So, yeah, like a hut, like a little hut, exactly like a little hut. So it was like a little hut, hut where the boys sleep, where the little, the girls sleep, where the parents and where they <laughs> cook their meals. That was the the setup that, you know, typically I grew up in, you know. But I've, I've as a child, you know, growing up, I've always, I always, you know, Uh, loved to go outside in the bush, you know. If we were not working in the fields or doing any other work at home, I used to have, I mean, believe me or not, I used to have like five or six dogs around me. I mean, yeah, you always had a love for dogs. (laughs) I I used to have a lot of dogs. I mean, not small dogs. I used to have big dogs, not like the chihuahuas. No, 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 I used to have big dogs. Almost like... I would say average five or six dogs that I used to keep Eesh. in my house. So if I'm not doing anything in the house, I would go in the in the forest to to hunt with my dogs. You
0: know. Oh, so the dogs would be actually going and getting the prey. Oh yes. Oh
1: yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. I mean, they were they were vicious dogs. They were not the dogs that sleep in the houses like here. Yeah, the dogs stayed outside. Not. I mean, like outside, outside without any little dog house or anything. No, they would just sleep outside. That's how that's how we kept our dogs, you know, back then. So I used to I used to love to go out in the forest. I mean I used to enjoy it the quietness just I don't know whether I was really aware of what I was doing but I loved it. You know I really and for the most part I used to spend the rest of the day out there in the forest, and I will come home in the evenings. Wow. Just yes. you and the dogs? Me and my dogs. Yeah. Wow. And normally I would go with the, my other friend I was talking about, and he had his dogs too. So it was his dogs, my dogs, and we are, we are gone.
0: That sounds like an and adventure.
1: The, yeah, and we are not talking about the little forest. I mean, we are talking about the real deal, the real forest. know so yeah and i mean we were not afraid at all not at all we were not afraid i mean we are not talking about those little bushes where you are like no i mean like a real forest you know so we used to i mean we used to go out hunting sometimes we'd catch an animal sometimes nothing i would just enjoy going out there and what my dad taught me when I was young, he taught me fishing. So when he stopped going with me for fishing, I started going by myself. Mm. So that was the other thing I used to do. If I'm not hunting with my dogs, I would go fishing. So I would just go the whole day. Go out in the morning; they won't see me until in the evening. And I'm sure I'm sure that has really affected my life. Uh, even up to now, you know, I I just love to go out there, quietness, you know, just reflect, you know, and that's where, you know, I I have all these thoughts coming and stuff, you know. Right. So that's I mean, I would say that's where my uh my love of quietness and just time alone by myself, yeah, that's
0: where it came. So is it safe to assume that you were more at that time, um, as a young man, more uh, artistic, more than you were like athletic, or were you both, or did you?
1: You know what, to tell you the truth, I think I definitely agree with that I think, I, I, I think I had a very creative mind. And even up to now, I see things in advance more than I see things that are very close to me, like right. here, you know? And I was not athletic, but I know the one thing I, I, I was good at was, I was good at uh, sprinting like 100 meters and stuff, but I never pursued yeah. it. Yeah, I never really pursued that. But in terms of just the mental creativeness, and unfortunately, it's not something that I shared with anyone or there was anyone to really groom me along those lines. Right. You know, in Africa, when we were growing up, the only thing that a parent knew to do was to send you to school, finish school so he can look for a job. Mm -hmm. That was it. It's either you're going to make it in school and go and work in town and look for a job, or you're not going to make it, you're just going to be a nobody. It was just a narrow narrow path just like that. So for the most part it was the creative part, people who did music were looked upon uh, looked down upon mm-hmm. during my generation. You know people re- really never appreciated like if someone started playing guitar, or they were good in football. You know, people would really talk you down on those things.
0: And what time period was this? Nineteen seventy?
1: No, nineteen eighties. Eighties. Yeah, into was for me, I finished school ninety two. So I would say in, in the eighties.
0: 80s, Robin 80s. guitarist Oliver was he was he prominent by then or?
1: Yes, he was, but he was not highly regarded by the way. We never really esteemed him the way he was esteemed in the East life. It was almost, you know, like if you really dig out the archives of him, his interviews, you would you would hear him say, even his parents, they never thought he was going to amount to anything with his guitars and stuff. Wow. Oh, yes. So it was, I mean, that creativeness and that, you know, if you had a different mindset unfortunately uh, in the environment that in the environment that I grew up in, of course, like I said I grew up in the country, there was a difference with kids who grew up in town and us growing up in the country right. the kids who grew up in town were more exposed to modern things and especially those who were television I, we, we, need, we didn't have any TV television in the house I mean let alone electricity store we didn't have anything so our mindset especially in the countryside I mean it was yeah
0: but it seems like there's a certain type of purity in that type of creativity where you're not referencing any, any type of point of like this is more creative or this is what or even putting a title this is what creativity is it's just an intrinsic nature to just dream and to think about
1: things differently definitely but uh, I mean the downside to it was like there was not an environment to capture that yeah creativeness right. you know right. now if I go back because I mean I went back there 20 2013 I went back where I grew up in and now I would I would really feel different. And the inspiration, now I'll be able to capture it and write it down. Yeah. But that, that's about like, what, 30 years or so later. But the time that I grew up in, I was just overwhelmed with those feelings. And overwhelmed with those big, huge thoughts. And I was almost like stuck with them. You don't even know what to do with those. Yeah, and- that's a tough feeling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you are just so overwhelmed and you feel it right here in your spirit and you cannot, you don't, sometimes you lack the proper language to articulate it, what you are feeling and what you are seeing in your, in your inner eyes mm-hmm. to an extent that you are almost fighting with that feeling so that you are suppressing it. Right. So yeah. you feel like you are normal with everybody else around you. It's only now when you are looking from the outside and now you're like, oh, that's why I felt this way, you know. That's why, you know, I always felt like there was something different about me, the way I saw things, the way I would really feel out things. But, I mean, I never got to share, like, you know, Share the feelings with the the rest of the world where either in song or in poetry or in whatever you know whatever gift that I was supposed to use you know to bring out those uh inspiration that's that's what i think what what do you what do you think
0: could help like cultivate that type of environment like going back to to where you're from in Zimbabwe to for like all the young dreamers that are out there right now, you think it's changed, yeah. or you think, like, yeah, what there's something that could help cultivate?
1: You know, what, that's, that's that's a very profound statement because when I actually went there, that's that's one thing that I had in my mind. Uh, on the positive side, when I went back, I found out that you know, <clears throat> now some of the villagers have electricity, electricity now is available. Mm. Uh, in my area where I grew up in and not only that some of the houses they have now solar energy solar power wow and not only that it's almost now everybody in the countryside where I grew up in now they have cell phones ah beautiful so it's almost like whoa you know I was super surprised I'm like really and they're no longer using those uh you know, when I was t- t- asking about those little lamps, that were, you know, like, oh no, we don't use those anymore. You know, <laughs> flashlights they have. <laughs> so, I think, but still, I think if I was going to go back there, or if I was going to go back and set up something that would help young people, is maybe trying to help them out that whatever they have. They have to bring it out and and, and put it down on, download it on their cell phones or whatever. Now they have cell, yeah. cell phones. They can see know, what's I, out there. Yeah, exactly. I think now it's easier. It, it has become easier if I'm going to go there and try and harvest all these talents, musical talents, whatever talents, academic, I mean, the area that I came from, Man, the kids, I mean, I've never seen an area where we have kids that, that have that highest IQ academic. Mm. But unfortunately for the most most of them, they never went very far with education because of the background, you know, financial background and stuff.
0: Shout, shout, shout out the, the, the area where you're from. I don't think uh,
1: you said specifically. I, 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 um, I came uh, from... The area called Saint Albert's Mission, Mm. uh, and the specific area is Nambire. It's called Nambire. Nambire. Yes. So uh, that's that's where you know that's exactly where I came from, Uh, and I grew up in that area, and I went to actually uh, the primary school I went to is uh, called Nambire Primary School, and in my area where I grew up, the Nambire area. I've never really encountered you know young, bright, bright, bright. And I'm still I, I'm still convinced we still have even two other young people who are coming up with us who are really bright, you know, academically. They are, you know, they are gifted kids out there. Very I still
0: I still remember you telling me um that, you know, I need to use my my resources when I'm able to get the fruits of my labor to go help out people out there. I feel like that's something we should team up and really be active. Definitely. Definitely.
1: What I would actually suggest is a the first you know, just to get it is just take a trip there. Get to get you know, acquainted with the kids. uh, See the need on the ground. Right. And definitely you will be inspired with the, with the, with the kids out there. We will be definitely inspired. I think the, the the first thing we might want to do is, uh, the last time I was making inquiries at the primary school because I really wanted to do something yeah. for my primary school is they have an old dilapidated computer room. You know with the somebody i think somebody donated old computers like yeah. old school computers that's what they have i mean if we can start with those small things right you know to just get them because now they have electricity so i mean that is solved already so if we can provide those basic Needs we go there? Set up a very good computer system. They have up to date computers, uh, something to start from.
0: Yes, yeah, that's, that's a matter of just really planning because that's if it's planned right and you have and you tap into yeah. the right places, it can it can be relatively inexpensive. Exactly,
1: exactly. But I mean, they 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 are really talented. I mean, musically, you'd be surprised if we go there. You know you see some of the musical instruments these people use, you know, just, you know, to entertain themselves and stuff like that. I mean, it's just a rich, a rich, a rich, a rich place. You know?
0: When you were younger, were you always uh, a music head? Because that's something that you really always been on it with music. It's almost like, yeah, you're like you like know, programming us with the music when we were younger. Yeah, you
1: know, when I was young, I know I would always, always, wherever I was, I would be singing. Mm. That, that's what I remember. I would be, you know, it was just singing, singing, singing everywhere. I mean, and to tell you the truth, I didn't know that it was a gift. Because if I say I, I knew, then I'll be lying, but I didn't know. But it's I, I I there was just something that connected me with music. I loved music. Uh, by the way, my father used to have a, a small local traditional band. Oh wow! I didn't know that. <laughs> and unfortunately, that like, that time we didn't have any recordings where we were recording. But I mean, I don't know. I not I don't know what you call those instruments. They would. Uh, they would play, you know. I don't know what they are called. Mm-hmm. I'll find mbira. out the name, but it's called mbira. Mbira, okay. yeah. So you would, you know, yeah, the little band. You'd be hired, you know, to play in those other traditional gatherings. But you know, I, I loved music ever since I was young. I mean, that I, I, for some reason, music spoke to my my heart more than how people spoke to me. You know. Yeah. What type so of music I, are you listening to? I listen. You know what? For to tell you the truth, when I was young, because we didn't, we were not exposed to modern music in the in the countryside. Mm. But I, I'll tell you, when I started working, I started working in 1993. Uh, okay. And when I had a radio of my own, I used to listen to classical music. Hmm. Oh yes. I loved classical music, and I used to clash with my friends all the time. Each time they would come to my house, I'm listening, and they were like, what kind of music is that? (laughs) You know, um, I loved class, and I just loved the way they played it. It it was so peaceful, and I, I didn't know, to tell you the truth, I didn't know, I mean, the background, the history of classical music, I didn't know. Yeah. But for some reason, it captured my, captured my attention. And I was just like, this music is so fascinating. And I understood it. Mm. I never did music in school. We never had any. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't go to, you know, a schools where they would teach music and stuff like that. So I didn't know. Never played a guitar. Didn't know how to write music. All those things I didn't know. I mean, but if I was not listening to classical music, guess what? I loved country music.
0: See, when, 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 when people get on me for having eclectic sound of music, I always like, revert it back to you. You always listening to different music all the
1: time. Yeah, exactly. So there I was, I loved to listen to country music and, I mean, those times, those days, it was, what, Dolly Parton, uh, Jim Reeves, uh, who was, I mean, I, I actually knew these guys, I mean, the, the country musicians, I really, I, I mean, I enjoyed the country music, because the way they would tell a story in a song, yeah, so somehow, somehow, you know, it, it really connected with me, I really loved it. That's true, and, country music really
0: is storytelling music.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, 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 whether it was a love song or he was talking about his own home country or hometown, whatever, I loved it. I never really loved, I okay, not loved. I never listened much to my local music, not because I didn't like it, but I felt there was a lot of repetition without any message in it. Yeah. So for me, I was just drawn to music where I would press a message into it. All right. Something that had a message, and I would listen and I would write a story of my own through the music. You know, your own version of
0: it.
1: Yeah, I would write a story. I would actually tell you a story when I listen to music. I'm like, okay, this and this, and this and this is I mean, I I mean it sounds weird. Wow. But that's what, you know. That's what I would, you know. What I would normally do.
0: Did you did you ever get into, um, like rap at that time? Because that's that was like in the nineties, right? So we're talking about like
1: the two. Ah, uh, this uh, they call no, not rap music. No, I didn't. I was not exposed to rap music. Mm. You know, no, not at all. But I know there was what they call funky, funky music, something like that. Break dance, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would say what, break dance? When they would you know. Yeah, (laughs) that was my time, you know, when they would break dance and do like this and but I mean I never really Yeah, I listened to it, but I was not really into it. Not at all. Yeah. So yeah, maybe because I mean it was far above my taste, I don't know.
0: But it's that's crazy because that's the era where where rap is really more story based. But I guess maybe it was like different cultures.
1: Yeah. That... But I think I think rap music even on our radios, it was introduced a little late. Because mind you, mm-hmm. we, we didn't we didn't have a le- a lot of radio stations. Right, makes and sense. those radio stations were state controlled, and I think most of the red music, uh, I, I come from a country where we were very conservative, so they mm. wouldn't allow any music that was a little bit out of, you know, that they considered, you know, uh, not really suitable for the society. Right. So I'm thinking they would have censored those kind of music, you know. So fast forward,
0: and, you come to America in like 99 or 2000? Yeah, 2000. So that when you came to America, that was kind of your full-blown introduction to-
1: Yeah, to rap exactly. Music. Yes, yes. So, I mean, coming here was actually an eye opener for me in terms of uh, not only music, but even the lifestyle. Uh, not only that, I mean a lot of things because i was not exposed to a lot of things i mean i was just i was just a person who had a very few uh exposures if i can say i can, I can put it that way but music wise because already i was a christian that time so my selection mm-hmm. was very my selection was very tight but still I, I i really loved i really loved all kinds of nice good music Right. That's when I started doing a collection of uh, different kinds of music out there. By the way, I actually have, I think I have over 100 CDs of uh, just instrumental. Because that's that's another kind of music that I like. I just like instrumental, whether it is uh, piano, uh, flute, uh, what you call it, the violin. Yeah. So sounds I, like I, if, I, if you
0: were given the opportunity, you, you you probably would have been a producer, like given the resources, a producer or some type of instrumentalist.
1: You know, actually there was a time I started writing out songs, you know, a few songs. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember but the I album. I went, I went uh, I didn't go very far, but I, I don't think I can I can say with uh with much Confidence, because since I I I I, ha- I have zero background of uh, zero background in music, like training or school-wise or anything. I don't I don't have, but for some reason I have an ear for music. You know, yeah. if someone plays an instrument. Even if I'm not seeing the person, or even I can tell you exactly whether whether the instrument is in in tune or out of out of tune. And it's something that I, can, I maybe everybody else can do it, but I think I have an ear for music.
0: Yeah, you you definitely you definitely always had an ear for it. Yeah. What What was the year when you decided to create music?
1: Uh, I'm not so sure. Maybe 2001. And I, I would have, I started just having this weird episode and I was just like, sometimes I would be like sleeping. I, I Maybe it's weird, but I think for musician, maybe you understand that, you know, sometimes i would just wake up in the middle of a song. I mean, I would yeah. know the words, even the instruments. You know, it's almost like it comes with the instruments and the words, but the challenge that I would always have that time was to be able to, when you are hearing an instrument in your head, to yeah. download it maybe on paper to say, okay, this song, the instrument that I want to go with this song is this, 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 this. That, that, that was my challenge. I could not download the uh, this. I mean, like with the song, we have the words, right? Right. And the words they have to have the instrument that goes with the words. Yeah. That that I that I was not able to believe that, but it was so frustrating because if I would give someone my my song, and they start putting in their own sound on it, in my head I was like, no, that's not exactly that's not what how I heard mean. it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it might sound you know okay, but I was like, no, that's not exactly the the sound that I was hearing in my head. But to convince the person to say, I want the sound to come out this way. That was my challenge. And I was so frustrated and I ended up just not even pursuing it.
0: But but that that release of it was it didn't it feel kind of good to like, you know, dating back to when you're a kid, like having ideas and not being able to really release them, like finally
1: being in a position where you could do that. There's actually something that happens inside of you when you are able to finally put in words something that is in your chest, you know, or in your head, whatever it is. It's it's like you are birthing something, you know. That's why, you know, like someone, they sing your song, but they sing it not the way you, you are hearing it, even if everybody else is saying, oh, what a wonderful song. I mean, that's a beautiful song. But in your head, you're like, that's, that is not exactly what I want this song. So right. it's almost you have that frustration because you have not downloaded even the, the instruments down. You know? But yeah, there it, is that uh, relief that you feel when you finally spit it out everything on paper. I think yeah, definitely.
0: And then also coming to America is just like the exposure to, to the different types of stores of music. Did that kind of, you know, open up a different type of box? Because I I remember a time where I think we were going to the CD store pretty often.
1: Like oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. I think I was close to a thousand CDs. Jeez. Yeah, so that's when I started collecting all the Marvin Gaye's because you know what? I when I came to America now I was exposed to jazz. I loved jazz music. Oh my God, jazz was just, oh man! I loved the you know the way they would play their drums with the brush. You know the mm. way. I mean, I loved even the, the the little instrument they used. So I started even buying jazz music because I love jazz music. And I mean, I'll just say a small story when I was at work. I had my classical CD that I was playing, and one of these salesmen comes to me and he was he heard me playing that stuff, and he was like, Hey, is that is that your is that your CD? And I was almost getting offended. Like, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, yeah. but you know, I thank God I caught myself early. So it's not it's not good to prejudge someone. Right. So and I, I then I you know I composed myself and say Yeah, that's my that's my CD. I love you know I love to listen to classical music. I mean, I could see this man brighten his face. He was like, Really? You like classical music? I, say, I love classical I listen <laughs> to classical music all, all the time, and apparently this guy was a member of the classical whatever. He told me I'm a member of the classical whatever, you know, music group. He says, you know what? I have a, a CD collection that they sent me. Apparently, they made a mistake. They sent two batches of the same wow. CDs. And he says, wow. I am going to bring another box for you, and I'm going to give it. Guess what? He brought me a big box of classical music. That's God a brand new one never used yeah. so I mean I started I love classical I started collecting uh, instrumental music I started collecting all different kinds of uh, Christian music and apparently Christian music you know I have rap where yeah. they are rapping their stuff and stuff like that Oh, I have all these different kinds so yeah
0: even though like, you always you always had different genres of music but i just i just want to see you like find a
1: like a rap album that you actually like ah <laughs> uh, uh, yeah i i definitely like it but i mean for, for, i mean i'm actually slowed down right now you know uh because i mean cds are out of that yeah. getting out of you know so i i'm no longer you know playing cds and stuff you know rather than just maybe going on, uh, on my phone and listening. But yeah, I, I've really slowed down. Not necessarily that I don't like music anymore. I have some channels that I listen to in my my car, music channels, of course, Christian. But I like the diversity of the you know Christian music that they have. The yeah. fast beats, the slow ones, the rap, you know, all these kinds. I equally enjoy those, you know.
0: I feel like Christian stations have gotten a lot better as of late. Oh, yeah, definitely. It feels like earlier on, like in the earlier 2000s, the music was very much so like the same Yeah. type of like A minor, C minor yeah. type of... That's true.
1: Actually, they still have stations who are more on that level where they still have, you know, a controlled set of music. But they are now, you know, several stations for the young people, you know. Yeah. You know, for people, I am mean, out say maybe for people who love divested, you know, right. modern music. And I have, I know all those stations, especially in my part of town here in Dallas, I have them preset on my radio. So if I'm not listening to the words, I go to my music sessions and I enjoy my music. So, yeah, I really love, I, I love that part.
0: Do you tap into uh, music subscriptions or... You just stick to youtube no
1: i know i i haven't i haven't i haven't done i haven't gone that route. you know
0: yeah next time i see you i i, I gotta show you because it's amazing like how you know i think apple music has over like five million different uh options and they say i think correct me if i'm i don't get on me with it so i think it's like thirty thousand new songs every day come out
1: Whoa, wow that's amazing yeah. That is amazing. Okay. Yeah, I would I would love to explore that that, that channel.
0: And other other than like music growing up, did you were you
1: like into like drawing or anything? To tell you the truth, I was so bad in drawing. <laughs> that that was one area that you know I know we were, we used to do it was the time we used to do drawing in school. Uh, that's the area that I'm in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I'm not, I'm, I'm not, and I, there was also a time that we used to do crafts where, you know, you would craft something from a wood. I mean, I was just so bad. I mean, uh, one thing that I really tried to do here when I came over here, there was a certain website I joined for where you send your poetries and stuff. I, I, I started writing poetry. Wow. Well yeah, there was time I started just writing some poetry and I was sending them and I had one that I, was, I actually submitted for that was vetted and it was submitted for a competition. Uh I've always I never pursued it, but you know that's 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 an area that I really I wish I would maybe write a book. I always feel like I want to write it book somehow. You gotta do it. Yeah. You got to do it. That's, a, that's, that's an area that I really, yeah, li- allowed to explore. Are we talking autobiographical or? Yeah, I think I would, I would say autobiographical, you know, just, you know, just to download some of the thoughts. I, I know I've written down most of my, sometimes the thoughts that come in my, in my mind, I've I have a book where I've written them down. So I think I would love to write a book.
0: And when you when you finish writing that book, you gotta come back on here and and, and get an exclusive interview for the book.
1: Exclusive. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Yeah. I
0: appreciate you coming out to the show and just talking. Was there any shout outs or anything
1: you wanted to say before we depart? Um um uh, i mean i'll maybe next time when you do and i'm really 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 prepared for it but uh thank you for having me and uh allow me to share my story but you know maybe just advice you know to you young people those young people who are coming up you know is you know pursue your dreams uh, and not only that, I know, you know, a lot of people, they say the same thing, pursue your dreams, but I would say, you know, uh, dream big and run hard. You know, it's, it's one thing to have a dream and just, you know, talk about it and not even pursue it or even do anything about it. You know, most people, they go halfway or just maybe a little bit and then they give up and they, you know, all they do is talk and talk. That are, uh, you know, my advice is, if you have a dream out there, and if you really know what you want to do in life. For me, you know, I was, I was a, I was a confused young man growing up. I really didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. You know, mm-hmm. never had any proper counseling or anything. Even if I had all these things in my head, but if you know what you want to do in life regardless of what other people are saying, not necessarily to say, don't listen to advice, but uh, pursue it with passion. Pursue it with everything that you have inside of you. I mean, if it means sleepless nights, if it means, I mean, uh, whatever it takes, do it, pursue it. And when you look back in life, later on in your life, you should say, you know what, I did the best I can. Right. Rather than to leave him dead. So that's my advice right there.
0: That's the perfect way to end this. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.